And now, and now, and now, <coughs> can you say it a little more, a little more, with a little more presence? <laughs> and now, I think we're going to take, uh, just uh, kind of put a little frame around now. And now. That's good, Ray. I think we've got it. Can we take just one more to be All sure? Right. And now. Oh, I lost the and on that one. <laughs> Try to uh, make them as distinct as you right. can. And now. Now, can you just put them together? <laughs> CBS Radio Network, but I guess it's too late now. We're already doing it. Hey, we want to thank all the fellows at uh, KENS, uh, our CBS station in San Antonio, uh, Texas, for the uh, terrific piece of mail they sent us. Did you see that? Yeah, it was a whale seal and everything. The whole thing. Really great. And enjoyed it very much. Uh, I don't think uh, Dave is down in San Antonio at all. Well, Cato has gone out to check it out. Yeah, so I can expect him anytime. Okay, and uh, if you'd like a picture of Dave, of course, uh, you write to us here at the Bob and Ray Show, 485 Madison Avenue, New York. Uh, up at the Polo Grounds is the uh, big uh, motor race, and it's uh, going to be going on all evening. And uh, our motordom announcer. Hector Greasebit Grogan is standing by, and uh, throughout the, uh, the show, we'll be uh, cutting to him up there at the Polo Grounds. You've probably heard of Grogan. He's had a, a long career, both as a, a mechanic and then a driver, and uh, now as uh, more or less a, an expert on describing uh, automobile races, uh, high-powered uh, race cars. I think this will be kind of a first. Uh, Bob Sheedy. Tom Sheedy is nodding. I think the line is open. So come in, please. Uh, from the Polo Grounds, Hector Greasebit Grogan. Right. Uh, they're off, and it was a fine mass start that you just heard. By now... The butterflies are out of their families and they're really going. The two ERAs well in the lead. Uh, Moss uh, and Douglas Hall. Uh, number, uh, number three ERA uh, uh, is well behind. He made, made a bad job. Now, in this first lap, we've had quite a lot of retirements. We've had the front wheel drive Elvis. We've had the six-cylinder blown ammo car. I'm very sorry to see that in. But I did hear earlier in the day just having trouble with its blow-up drive. And also, now let me look down the picture and see who's in. The Alpha is in and one of the ERAs. Now, they're going to get going strong. Really going, I fall. The other ammo car is still going strong. Number 31 is a 3098 box hall. Unlike Colonel Felsen's car in the States, it's two-seater. The body is being cut off and the big boat's to tank put back. Cut it just Thank now. you, Grace Bitt. We'll uh, be going back to him later, folks. Is he wearing his earphones so he'll yeah. hear us when we call him in again? He knows that uh, we've just cut him off. We'll be going back to him later. It's very exciting. What we came back for, particularly right now, was to tell you about the fun you can have with a Columbia Stereophonic High Fidelity Portable Phonograph. 
You'll enjoy uh, not only listening to them, but uh, looking at it, too. <laughs> the uh, selection of seven new portables come in uh, smart color combinations. Well, I'll tell you, folks, there's more quality and more features, more styling built into these new Columbia portables than ever before. And uh, you can play stereo and regular records uh, on, the, on these phonographs, too. As a matter of fact, stereo is beautiful. But even regular records take on an added dimension when you play them on one of these uh, stereophonic high-fidelity phonographs by Columbia. So thrill to the excitement of Stereo One by Columbia, number one in the wonderful world of sound. See them at your smiling Columbia dealer today. Uh, is uh, Grease Pit standing by, or should we wait? Let's call in Grease Get Pit. Get him back again. I'd like to hear how that came out. a lot of um, rather interesting little straps going on, you know, a race within a race. Marsh is drawing away from Hull now. There's no question of... Uh, there's no question of... Um, uh, of... Um, of uh, well, whatever it was, we don't have time for it right now, Grease we'll, we'll go back to you a little bit later, Grease but right now we have uh, a big feature right here. Now it's time for Ace Willoughby, International Detective. My passport is nothing more than a ticket to trouble. Senor Willoughby, good to see you again. What brings you down here? Well, Captain Otero, my client in a certain matter is a Mr. L. Mr. L? But I thought he... I know, I know. So did everybody. Otero, would it surprise you to know that I have Mr. L's key... The key? Surprises you, doesn't it? Well, it's this way. The key means a lot to a great many people. Mr. L wants to know who they are. But how will you find them, Willoughby? Patero, I'm not going to find them. They're going to find me. I've already started things. I'm registered at the Panama Hotel as Ace Willoughby, care of Mr. L, keeper of the key. I think the hotel clerk noticed it, too. Willoughby, a word of caution... There are many who seek the key. Be careful. <laughs> Relax, Carlos. I can take care of myself. If anything comes up, I'm headed back to the hotel. And Carlos, you ought to take care of the flies around here. Sudden moves, Willoughby. This gun is pointed right at your arm. Well, there's quite a gang of you here. Maybe we should have a party. The key, Willoughby. Where is it? I never knew a crook who didn't want something. The key. What makes you think I'd be stupid enough to carry the key around with me? <laughs> you know, we can find out in a hurry, Willoughby. You crooks. <laughs> no finesse, no brains, just plain muscle. Now, if you fellows figure on roughing me up, just remember this. A guy who's unconscious... 
is a guy who can't talk. Swede, Larry, Frenchy, Herman, Tex, Willis, Laws, Steve, Dutch. Go get him. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you guys. Remember what I told you about an unconscious man. Oh. Oh. All right. All right, listen up. Listen up. Back up and let me take a look at him. Hey, he looks unconscious to me. He is. Quickly. Spirit's ammonia. Now, hold this under his nose. Hmm. Willoughby, a few minutes ago, you said unconscious men don't talk. Well, if that's what I said, I meant it. Do you know what's in this bottle? What? Spirits of ammonia. We can keep smashing you around the room and waking you up any time we feel like it. That's something I didn't count on. Hmm. Look, I'll make a deal with you guys. You can have the key when they shovel snow on the equator. Swede, Larry... No, 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 all right, all right, no, wait a minute, all right, all right, all right, here's the key. <laughs> if I can't count on being unconscious, there's no sense in carrying out this charade at all. You show good sense, Willoughby. I'll feed this in. You know, a wise person in Spain once taught me that a man who overeats is a man who's had enough. Adios. And right now we've had the signal from the polo grounds that uh, one of the most exciting moments in this evening's race is about to take place. So let's call in our Bavonary automotive reporter, Grease Pit Grogan. Now we've got a little bit of a loud. Green car off again. I think it's the L. Little L, huh? The other ammo car that was in the pitch. Third of the leaders, um, uh, Howe still leading. The distance between them seems about the same. That is the length of four English automobiles or one Eldorado Cadillac. There's a Type 51 Bugatti on the course somewhere, going very regularly, very nicely. We'll see it go around in a minute. Uh, and the chaps who pull sounds out of the air uh, will catch you its note. Real bug enthusiasts, the complete guide in the war ones, say there's no sound in the world like a Grand Prix bug in full cry, and maybe, friends, they've got something there. I've also seen another ERA uh, having a strap with, oh, there goes my old Alpha going great guns, mudsliding it. Right. Okay, uh, Grace Pitt, uh, unfortunately, there was a lull there, as we called him in. We thought it was the exciting part, but I guess not. It's time that we get over, though, to our showbiz corner right now. Hi, and welcome again to Bob and Ray's showbiz corner. Today, an interview with a sick comic, a ventriloquist. Let's say hello to Eddie Ha Ha Bostwick and his dummy, Eric. <laughs> All right. 
Eric uh, is an unusual-looking dummy, Eddie. Uh, is there a reason for that? You mean honor and glasses? Well, that's part of it. And then there's the receding hairline, the shadows under his eyes. Well, you know, he looks altogether jaded. I get lots of uh, humor out of him with wry comments. Comedy hits much harder when a person isn't expecting it. Uh, where did you and Eric last work, Eddie? Well, we appeared uh, at a health club last week. Gee, that's an unusual place for a ventriloquist to appear. After we did our act, the people around the health club felt a lot better. Well, they liked it, did they? Well, nobody turned a hose on us, if that's what you mean, but we're not going back there. The atmosphere is too turgid. Uh-huh. Now, uh, you're what is known as a sick comic. Would you explain to our listeners what that means? Well, it's hard to define. Uh, I'd say a sick comic is an artist who doesn't let humor stand in his way when he's appearing at a nightclub. I guess you guys think it's more important to make an audience think, not laugh. I got a laugh last week. It shook me. Uh, could we hear about it, Eddie? Well, you see here where Eric's leg is a little bent. Uh-huh. Happened when he dropped off my knee about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, about this laugh I got. Yeah. While I was on stage, a guy from the audience hollered, Hey, your dummy's got a broken leg. And uh, the laugh you got stems from your response to that observation? Right. right. I uh, shouted back, I know he's got a broken leg. After the show, I'm going to take his arm off and use it as a splint. Well, that was a swell comeback. Oh, yeah. There was the man on the front table who laughed so hard surgery was required on his stomach. Hey, Eddie, can you give our listeners a little sample of your comedy? Uh, nothing much. I mean, just the open, uh, maybe. Well, the atmosphere here isn't oppressive enough, really. Well, I shut all the doors and windows as soon as I heard you were coming. Yeah, I thought I felt a little breeze like fresh air. You know? No, no. So, uh, will you do your regular opening? Uh, all right, well, my opening remarks, of course, addressed to Eric here. Yeah. They're as follows. Uh, say, Eric, uh, do you know why the lights dim every night down in Washington, D.C.? Oh, Why? They did because someone down there keeps switching on his electric golf cart. Uh-huh. Then I get into the meat of the thing with electric golf carts. Yeah. Uh, what a surprise it can be when people with wet hands turn on yeah. the switch. Yeah. And then well, I, thank uh, you for being with us, Eddie. Ha ha, Bostwick. And thank you too, Eric. And I'd like to express uh, my gratitude to your manager, Florence Nightingale, for uh, making it possible for you to appear here. Good night.